Hey everybody, welcome to a special edition of the ACB Advocacy Update, two-year anniversary. I'm Tony Stevens with the American Council of the Blind, joined here in a moment by Claire Stanley with ACB, and we'll be reminiscing on two years of the pod. Be sure to stay tuned in at the end as we share some of our original pilot episode that aired two years ago this week. Special thanks to our underwriting sponsors, Sprint T-Mobile. everybody, welcome back to another episode of ACB Advocacy Update. This is Claire Stanley, the Advocacy and Outreach Specialist. And usually I would turn the floor over to Clark, but we have another person instead. <laughs> Clark has been removed from the premises. <laughs> I he is gone. Like, stuffed in a closet. <laughs> Hi everybody, it's Tony, the Director of Development with ACB. So... We um, have, you know, stolen Tony away this week because Clark's out of town, but we also have a really cool reason why Tony's here today as well. Reunited makes do, me do. Are we going to get a, do, a copyright do. tag? Sorry. Oh, we might. Whatever. <laughs> um, so this will come out this Thursday, which is the 24th, and the 25th of September is... Our two-year anniversary with the podcast. I don't yes. know why my voice just kept getting higher and higher, but which, much like the Washington football team, had no name two years ago when it started. That is true. Things in Washington with no name. Football and the first episode of our podcast, podcast two yeah. years ago. That's okay. I was actually reminiscing and listening to the podcast episode, and I like how we did banter on for quite some time about what our name would be. That's an important thing. It's it like, is. It's like if you've ever gotten like a UR, like an email. Remember mm -hmm. when you went to college, did they let you choose your email, or were you just given? I was just given it. C Stanley 719. And, Basically, yeah. yeah. I think you put my middle we, initial in there. We got to choose our email, and Not it was so fair. exciting, yes, at the University of Georgia. It was like that. That just shows the different yes. decades that we, yeah, we were so. in. <laughs> I chose the number one at uga.edu. It was great. Ju it not was your name. that long ago that I just got the first thing and I was like, I'll just choose the number one. Was it Anthony Stevens number one or was it just number no, one? No, it's just the number one at UGA. No, it wasn't. It was like, <laughs> it was something stupid because they, they only did that for like a year or two when they started to realize, wow, these students are not as smart as we hoped they were. <laughs> and the names they're choosing are just complete, you know, like a bad a bad avatar or something just bad ideas they're like why did we accept these students into our school? exactly yeah so we're excited to have tony with us today to celebrate this momentous occasion so um like i said i listened back on the first episode had some great reminiscences and it was fun to talk see what we were talking about back then and still a lot of pertinent stuff we're working on we were talking about the marrakesh treaty that's pretty exciting to think that we got that passed through a couple we years did. ago. Yes. Yep. Well, it was pretty exciting. Uh, we were also talking about, it made me laugh, we were talking about the reauthorization of the FAA Reauth Act. Um, and because of that, I now am on the committee to do some work for the Federal Aviation Administration. So, alas, what happened then now impacts Better what we do now. Me. <laughs> hey, just real quick on America. Yeah. Can you imagine? people around the world without Marrakesh being forced in during a pandemic. Like just thinking of, of the timing uh, that has come in a sense of access to, to, to information just to, to help get people through 
a difficult times of isolation globally. That's really true. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, but so yeah. Something to chew over. Yeah. So. Who would have thought, you know, the, the pandemic would be here in 2020? Well, you know, that's, we predicted this two years ago. If you listen to the first podcast, we say specifically everything yeah. that has happened the We're past prophetic. two years. We're so, prophetic. Yes. Yeah. We have that, that foresight. Yeah. Sorry, Claire. Continue. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I again, I was listening and something that made me smile when we talked about the what was going on high in the sky and the airlines was in shoes with service animals and emotional support animals and uh, made me smile because that's when the peacock story came out. Do you remember the peacock story, Tony? I, I remember well because that's when I was on the airline air carrier access act when I was still leading government affairs. And uh, now Peacock is an app you get to watch 30 Rock <laughs> and NBC. But back then, it was people putting peacocks in wheelchairs saying they were their emotional support peacock. How, how big is a peacock? Do you know? It, they will come up to like over your waist. Like oh, they are, they're kind of tall. But the thing is, their feathers come up like up to your head. That's right. Like they're big plumage, Yeah, they're big plumage, plumage right? on, yeah. Their, on their tail feathers that fan out. And they are not friendly. No. No. No, I don't know. That's brave to take a peacock. They might as well have taken like a bobcat or something. And I still want to know how they got through TSA. Were they like? I think it was TMZ or somebody. It was a. It, the whole thing was a farce. Okay. And they were trying to go because they they figured it out because they were trying to do different airlines and it was sort of a hey look what we can do you know we're bucking the system yeah so it wasn't a legitimate so that, that way I don't feel guilty if there is somebody out there with a legitimate service peacock. Um, but apparently there was not. And they just sort of took this and said, let's see how far we can go. We ha, can ha, go. Ha. Yeah. And they were trying different airlines. And I think it might have been Delta or finally one of them was like, no, no. Too. <laughs> no more, no more peacock for you. <laughs> and, uh, and it was, yeah, it was uh, an interesting time of all kinds of uh, interesting animals that people were trying to smuggle and, and, and putting them on the x-ray machine belts at airports and can that do damage to it? I, I think mean, it like, can. Right? If you <clears throat> yeah, send it through the uh, x-ray? I wouldn't recommend it, you know, so it's, it's <laughs> you know, so they don't tell us at guide dog school, put your dog on the x-ray belt. Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I this is a perfect uh, leeway into what we we're going to talk about today. So we, of course, wanted Tony to join us today because it's our two-year anniversary, but it's also really timely because September is National Guide Dog Month here in the U.S. So Tony and I are both proud uh, dog user, guide dog users. Yay. Yeah. Um, Tony's dog is asleep right right behind Tony. Yeah, he's, so. he's less guiding these days. He's on the verge <laughs> of retirement. So. You know, we all deserve a good retirement. We do. So, so yeah. So what is the, this, this holiday all about? Um, I was looking it up online. It started in 20. 2008, I can speak, 2008, so it's been around for a dozen years now, so that's pretty exciting, and it started here to promote the different guide dog schools across the country um, and kind of celebrate the work they've been doing on behalf of the blind and VI community. Um, I think, do you know, Tony, I feel like I've heard before that there's something like 20-odd guide dog schools in the U.S. Have you ever heard that? That is about right, okay. and, and you know, there are smaller ones. I mean, essentially, yeah. there have been people that have been trainers, you know, that, that have gone off and sort of done it themselves. There is also, there was a movement of people that are self-training. That's true, um, yeah. Which I, I do not have, I, I'm having a hard enough time raising two children. 
and feeling like I'm failing every day at that. So I don't want to fail with something that puts me on near train can tracks you, as well. Can you home train your dog now? Like we're doing training our kids at home with virtual school. Could you just put a dog in front of a laptop and say, you're going to be a guide dog. I think my youngest Elliot has tried to put Palmer in front of his screen during his <laughs> class. to So that way the teacher thinks there's somebody actually paying attention while he goes and plays roadblocks and other games. Black floppy ears. Yeah, don't, exactly. Don't so he, he puts a hat on his like baseball hat. So it looks like him a little. <laughs> what does your kid look like? He's very hairy for an eight-year-old. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, but yeah, so there's a lot of schools throughout the U.S. Um, we represent three different schools here in the national office. Tony, myself, and yes. Eric all have guide dogs in three different schools. Um, so uh, my dog is from Guide Dogs Through the Blind. I got her out of the California campus. West Coast. West, Co West Coast is the best coast, she says, because she's from California. Uh, and then Eric's dog is from Guiding Eyes in New York. What city in New York is Guiding Eyes? Guiding Eyes is north of New York City near White Plains. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's, all, it's all right off the Hudson, north of the city. Nice. And then you have gone all your dogs from CNI? Yes, I'm, I'm a CNI grad. So. Nice. Which was the first guide dog school in 1929. Look at you, so proper, so pretentious. Yeah, I, I love know, it. <laughs> Now, when you guys get dogs from Singai, do you guys go into the city to do training with your dogs? We do, yeah, we do. It's it's sort of the, um, you know, people will, based on their needs, kind of do different exercises, almost mm -hmm. like, you know, like in college or you, late high school, you get to take electives, you know, you can kind of hone in on what your life is like. And since I live in the city and take the subway and train mm -hmm. all the time, uh, you know, they try to make some extra visits into the city. But Morristown and both, both Guiding Eyes a lot of the schools, a lot of the, the larger schools are near, because yours is near San Francisco, Exactly, right? just across you would the bridge, go into yeah. The, uh, into and yeah, we did the same thing. They assessed yeah, so what our life is like. And so me, I, of course, said, I need to go into San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, some people that go will never probably step foot in a big city again. Yeah. You know, they live in rural parts of the country, but it's an exciting chance to go to Broadway with your dog and do subways and things like that. But yeah, so we, uh, it's about 45 minutes outside Manhattan in New Jersey. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, so usually we, we have some awesome guests on our show. We've had over the last few months and last year, we've been really um, fortunate to have some great guests come and talk to us about the issues we're talking about. But I thought today, well, we're talking about guide dogs. We need not go any further than these walls of our office. Yeah, until we realized the dogs were not saying anything in the earlier <laughs> recording we tried to do with it. They just stared at they us. They just, yeah, and kind of yawned. Yeah. And so we we needed a backup plan. Yeah. So you have us instead. Yeah, so instead of uh, interviewing the dogs, I thought I'd interview Tony and maybe he can throw some questions back at me. Although, if apparently there are some dogs that can type. Because if you go to the acbvoices.org blog, that's blog, right. There's a couple of dot, uh, first uh, person, first canine, I guess, testimonials of guide dogs. <laughs> first canine. Yeah, first canine testimonials of, of some guide dogs out there and what their life is like with their handlers. Now, a lot of people, when we um, talk on behalf of our dog, we have like a voice for a dog. Does Palmer have a voice? Usually it's like this. <sighs> That's about the only word he really knows how to just say. Just a big sigh. Yeah, his, his, his big brown eyes and bushy eyebrows kind of Aww. roll and it's a sigh. That's, a, that's all I've ever Palmer. heard him actually say. <laughs> cool. Well, so how many years have you been a, a Sting Eye user? I got my first, and, and I, I, 
I love all guide dog schools. We we are we are not a uh, we are not preferring one. I yes. feel like because we made the re I did my bougie bourgeois voice of as we said we have three different schools yeah. So um, so please yeah. no hate mail everybody. If you do, you can send it to Claire Stanley at <laughs> care of c slash o. Um, but no, uh, I got my first dog in May 1994. Oh my goodness, yes! I just thought of the moment Do you want I to got know the dog. How old I was in 1994? I'd rather not, okay. but I guess I'm about to find out. <laughs> well, I was born in May, so in '94 I would have been almost exactly six years old. Oh, that's good. I thought you were going to say like two. So. <laughs> and I was thinking. I right. know, I know. Um, but no, it was actually a funny story. So. You know, did, I don't know if they do this at, at uh, GDB. Is that how they GDB, say it? Yeah. GDB, mm -hmm. you, you, yeah. GDB, um, <laughs> yeah. So West Coast. Uh, so, but they do this like uh, reveal where you get the dog, right? Mm -hmm. So they kind of do like Juno trainings where they take you around and they see what you're getting, you know, and they have their dogs and then they match you up and it's like this matchmaker, matchmaker. Make me a match. Oh, and, copyright, yeah. Yeah, copyright. Okay, now we have. Anyway, so, uh, you know, and they bring me into a room and they said his name was Quint, like the mad sailor in Jaws. Nice. Um, he was a German shepherd. Perfect. And they're like, all right, so here's your leash. And now call Quint to you now. And so I called him and he came and I got so excited. I forgot to put the leash on the dog. <laughs> Because that was the idea. You would, you would, you know, yep. ceremoniously clip the leash on, and yep. then, and then, uh, so, so Quint took advantage of that moment and bolted out the door. <laughs> and what ya. was bad was there was another dog named Joey, that was a black lab. He didn't graduate because he ate a bed while he was there. <laughs> while Dan, his handler, was in the shower, came Aww. out, and Joey was was eating, literally eating a mattress, which was more like a shark than Quint was, um, and so. Joey was still tied to a chair. So Joey got excited to see his best friend just run out yeah. the door. So he went chasing after him with the chair tied to him. And he was a strong dog. That chair went like flying around the corner like a like a trailer on the back of a now, truck. Now are we talking like a, a desk chair or like a no like a like, like a, a lounge like a lounge chair, like a four-leg comfy chair, comfy chair. someone okay. would have in a parlor. So it not like, like a light a, kitchen table like a chair. Parlor chair. Yeah. Gotcha. It wasn't like a it wasn't like a collapsible, yeah. you know, chair at a picnic. It yeah. was it was it was wood and cloth, because this was the nineties before IKEA. And and so yeah, but that dog went with a chair and uh <laughs> There went my dog, my massively expensive donor-funded investment out the door. And <laughs> somehow it worked out. We were a match made in heaven, though. So. How long did you work with Quint? Till I worked with Quint. He's, he unfortunately started to get hip dysplasia early oh. on, so he only went about seven years. Okay, that's a good and then long time. Got hip dysplasia, yeah. And it, when we worked, I mean, he worked, he was a, he was, all my dogs I've really worked. Um, my second dog, she, she didn't last too many years. Uh, Cause, cause she started having anxiety on the subways in oh. New York city. But, um, but yeah, they, they get, they get their hours in. we definitely clock up mileage. Uh, so they should have little, uh, little counter pedometers, pedometers, but, um, bum. That's copyright trademark not to be used without expression. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I like it. Mm -hmm. Uh, so how many dogs have you had since? I've had three. Three. And I'm, I'm in the process of getting ready for number four. <gasps> Cover your ears, Palmer. Palmer, he's asleep. He <laughs> but yeah, so I'm in the process of getting ready for number four. And so nice. that emotional, 
what do you do with the dog when it's time to retire? Cause we know we have two kids, but we don't, we don't want to, I've never been, and I know some people are good with this, but it's, it's not. I thought you were going to say I want to retire my child. I wish. Luckily, <laughs> luckily though, eventually I hopefully move out. I mean, maybe in their thirties, but uh, yeah, but for Palmer, you know, he's uh, you know, we're at that point now trying to find a, a good place for him to retire. Yeah. So. Yeah, when I retired, Kodiak about a year plus ago. I know, that I was miss tough. Cody. But he's living a good life. He uh, lives K-Fed. a pampered life. K, K, yeah, K Fed. K Dog. He um, just turned 11 oh my a couple of days ago. Yeah. Getting gray? Apparently, no. Apparently, he looks really good for his he age. He dyes it. Yeah. He dyes the hair. <laughs> exactly. Don't believe a word he says. It's, it's, yeah, it's a front. Yep. Yeah. I was so. taking his handle at a L'Oreal, uh, the L'Oreal counter at a. CVS or something. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So, um, did, did you say you're going to try to get a, a German Shepherd again this time? I am. I am open. I am. I, I'm. I don't want to be that person. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, do you have anything in a in a navy blue with pinstripes? Uh, Has to match yeah, my outfit. Yeah. Anything. Uh, so yeah, I'm, but I. There there are differences because you've had labs the whole time. I've you, only you have had, a well, my Goldie first... now, right? Uh, well, she's a, a lab. Yellow lab. She's a okay. yellow lab. My okay. first was actually half lab, half golden. Okay. Um, but I swore you would never know she was half golden. So. And then Kodiak was pure, pure black lab. Black lab. Yeah. That's right, because we had three black labs in the office for a while. That's right. Yeah. So the posse, three the posse, black labs. Yeah. yeah. And um, and we, you know, have decided uh, with the lab, it was good for the kids, which was amazingly true. People kept saying that. Oh, you want to get a lab? Because we had a baby at the time mm-hmm. in the house. And it was like, oh, you want a lab? Because they're so good. Choice. And I was like, I don't know. Because I'd had two shepherds before. And so I got the, and it, they were dead spot on. Amazing with kids. They're just so, so good. So docile. And just Elliot, my baby that was learning to walk, would like, you know, basically you would think he was water skiing behind Palmer because he would hold onto the tail and oh. just lean back. And Palmer would just take it, you know? Yeah, I've had uh, little, you know, toddlers, babies pull on my dog's ears and shove their fingers and noses, and they mm-hmm. just are like, okay, that's fine. All you get is a <sighs> big sigh. Um, but yeah, so, but shepherds, it's a different gait. It's, it, there, there are subtle nuances. It's like driving different types of cars. It's very weird to say, not that I've ever driven a car, <laughs> but but yeah, so it's it's I I have put in requested a shepherd, but we'll see because you never know. You yeah. never know the what perfect dog is out there waiting for you. So. For sure. So to tug on people's heartstrings, what impact have dogs had on your life? Do you have that like the the story we all have of like my dog changed my life? It it did, and and it is, it is incredible that feeling of the wind blowing against your mm. face when you launch, right? It's like when you say the command and give the hand gesture and then years of, you know, tapping and finding, you know, the the wall and the borders and moving slowly and bumping into stuff versus just zero to 60, like a, like a smooth Jaguar. Uh, It is, it's a nice feeling of independence. And that, that feeling is just powerful. And then, I mean, you know, it's, again, it's not for everybody, but it is, uh, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a powerful feeling of just mobility being opened up. 
Yeah, I completely agree. I like when your dog has learned a route too, and you just don't even think about it anymore. Yeah, it's like autopilot. It's totally, you know, I always hear sighted people say you're on autopilot when they drive, and I guess that's what it must feel like, where yeah. suddenly you're like, I'm home. <laughs> so. And it really is too, the bond. Like they, they say it takes about six weeks. I don't know if it's like this with GDB with your dogs, but you know, there, there comes that point when they, they, they become responsive to you in a certain yeah. way that is almost symbiotic. Yeah. It's almost like you, and sometimes it's even happened with Palmer happened before we even left training. It's just that feeling of you can, you can anticipate what they're going to do. Like dancing. Yeah. It's like dancing. It is like dancing. Yeah. And, and you feel like what they're going to do and you can move and you're, you both become sort of this one thing, and which reminds me, I mean, early on kind of before the ADA, even, I think, you know, the guide dog was classified as a prosthetic before there were all these rules basically in like the ADA supporting guide dogs. Yeah. The, the idea was it was it was almost like an organic prosthetic that you had, right? A really cute yeah, prosthetic. Yeah, a very cute, yeah. fluffy, Fuzzy, yeah. sheds everywhere, pukes on the train prosthetic. Likes to give you kisses. Yeah. <clears throat> Likes to give you kisses and, you know. Uh, but yeah, so it, it was, you know, uh, it, something that, I don't know, I'm just, I'm intrigued by over time. Because this is very different too. We, we got our dogs, probably your first dog even. When did you get your first dog? I got my first dog in 08. Yeah. 08. So that was before the, the, the rise of service animals in other facets. In other there ways, had been yeah. other service animals. But it wasn't quite what you hear today. No, yeah. it wasn't the, what, why the airline convenings were taking place, the negotiations, and what you're currently doing too, as well with yeah. some airline stuff, which I'd love to hear what you're doing now with that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, but, but yeah, it's, it's a, it was a very different world for service animals. And there was a lot more having to fight for your right. Mm -hmm you know, 26 years ago, uh, waiting for patiently, knowing mm -hmm. you were in the right until police showed up and remedied wow. tent situations. One time I even had the police side with the door, uh, a, a store owner. No So we way. had to get more police involved. So that was so, actually my, my next question for you. Do you have any stories like that? And so it sounds like you do where you really oh, yeah. had to. Oh, goodness, yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was. To discrimination know. and misunderstanding. And yeah, it was, you know, and I've, I've had, you know, uh, I, I used to go in Brooklyn to this one deli, a grocery store, which mm -hmm. were also like delis. But the guy wouldn't let me in because it would upset his cat. And I'm like, well, first <gasps> off, you have a cat walking on a deli counter. <laughs> Do I want to buy yeah. your stuff? <laughs> yeah, but but you know, you, you just would get people that would you tell them it's the law because mm -hmm. luckily this was '94, my first dog, so it was you know the a, the Department of Justice had already promulgated the the. I think the final rule by yeah. that point, mm -hmm. uh, you know, out of 1998. But there were still, you know, some states had state laws and things like that too. But it was, it was, you know, very different in a sense because it was also part of a post ADA wave where there was a, a lot more rise. You know, I remember there was a long waiting list to get into the CNI. Oh, interesting. Uh, in the early 90s. Yeah, and, that makes sense. Um, you know, just sort of the, the overall awareness the ADA brought to people being independent, more people feeling like they could be empowered and independent. And, yeah. And 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 stepping out and and feeling independent until someone said no. No. <laughs> yeah. You had to be patient and you know just work through it. Try not to let your emotions. That's probably the most emotional I've been, other than yelling at my kid for not doing his homework or lying. <laughs> has been those no's. Mm -hmm. You know, where you just feel you feel angry. Yeah. You can't help it. I don't know if you feel that way. Though. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm so used to, with Lyft and Uber, for instance, I feel like is where I get it the most. Surprise, surprise. Um, and I'm so used to it now that it's almost like I go into autopilot and, you know, 
recite the ADA. Yeah. But I remember the first time it ever happened to me with an Uber or Lyft, I just, it was the weirdest feeling. I'm just like, what? You're telling me what? Like, I can't get in your car, excuse me. <laughs> and it's hard too, because I remember like when Uber was first starting, <clears throat> you know, it was, it was almost like, you know, they kind of said, it's a social way to meet people. It's an interesting mm -hmm. way to meet people yeah. and get around. Because I, I was real hesitant to take Uber, not because of the dog, but just because of the the social construct that it was creating in our society. I was I was all used to taking, I've always lived near fixed route transportation. I've always been lucky to live near buses or subways. Yeah. And, and but so to take an Uber just in general, I was sort of like odd with it. But then, you know, the first few times I was fine with the dog. But then, then when there was that one time, you know, I was like, you had to step in and be like, well, this is the person's personal space. But there's a right. Yeah. And it's a, it's a strange economy that has been born after the ADA. Yeah. That, you know, I'm sure the founder of Uber and Lyft didn't think about. Yeah. I mean, who would ever no, think, but, think about it? But it's us. a reality. Yeah. That, yeah. And it's, yeah. You know, yeah, the weirdest for me was I did study abroad in college and I went to England. And now granted, England does have laws that allow for service animals. Mm -hmm. But because I'm, you know, this little American, I didn't feel like I had the authority or the weight or the expertise to say, this is what the law is, you can't deny me service. And so I went into a, or tried to go into a restaurant. I think we were right by Buckingham Palace, actually, if I remember correctly. And the owner said, you can't come in. And it was like, what? And again, here in the US, I would have been like, stand my ground, mm -hmm. yes. mm -hmm. <laughs> the ADA says. But because again, I'm this foreigner in the UK, I was like, okay. Um, but yeah, it was such a weird experience. Were there similar protections though? I mean, could, yeah. you, have, could you have put your foot down? I, I could have. I said, I'm going to go get the queen across yeah. the street now. <laughs> That's right. Off with your head. I mean, I'm sure, you know, I could have Googled, you know, service animal laws in the United Kingdom. And yeah, I know England is very progressive and yes. has some great yeah. policies. But, um, you know, I just didn't feel that that awesomeness that we have with the ADA where I could say, you know, under Title Three of the ADA, yeah. start quoting it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So what's the funniest or most embarrassing thing any of your dogs have done? My first dog, Quint, was a kleptomaniac. <laughs> and uh, we, we were walking through a Macy's to get out, no, no plug. Although if you want to advertise or give us money, Macy's. Yeah, out. please do Macy's. Yeah. Although I, I've heard things are tough for Macy's these days. So, and you know how they have those racks that sometimes hang out off the, the carpeted part of the aisle mm -hmm. under the regular aisle? So German Shepherds are notorious for having these like stiletto ears, these ears that just like, like radar dishes that pop up. They're very pointy and tall. Yep. And so we're walking through out the store and we, we go through the women's lingerie section and somehow his ears had cooked, had, had clipped the, one of those racks hanging over and had hooked uh, some women's lingerie that got stuck over his head. And <laughs> he did it so, on purpose. <laughs> yeah, Miley Coyote. And I was unaware of that until we went through the magnometer, whatever they call it, the security thing yeah. at the door and then had to awkwardly, A, you're confused yeah. Because I don't even know if I bought anything at like anywhere else in the mall, but you know, yeah. you're like, what, what's going on? Is it me? What did I do? Yeah. And then it turns out that, you know, then you find this out and then you realize they think I'm stealing, but I have no idea. So you're trying to talk yourself out of it and play dumb because you are dumb. <laughs> and know, of with, all with the ways you would steal, why would you yeah, steal? Why would I just, well, he's so bold. He just thinks, yeah, the dog is. Just put so, it on the dog. Yeah, just put it on the dog. So, 
alas, you know, that was a, that was, that was, that was probably one of the more awkward situations. And there, there's always been other situations of, uh, you know, the dog does something that is, that is, you know, like moans at the wrong moment or. Oh, they, they have perfect timing. I don't know how it is, but I have, I had it in undergrad and in law school mm -hmm. with professors just moaning and groaning at the perfect moment. So, yeah. Yeah. What about you? What's your. Uh, yeah, just the, the funniest timing for for things. Yeah. So. Well, what was your what was your funny moment? Oh gosh, what was my fun? I feel like there's so many things. I, my dogs have all my first guide dog Corolla. I hadn't even graduated yet. We were in downtown San Rafael, um, going to a, a little store, and she stole tried to steal a stuffed animal, <laughs> and here I am. I've had a guide dog for like two weeks or so, you know, haven't even graduated. So I'm like super nerd. You know, now if it happened, I would have just laughed. But yeah. then I was like, oh, I'm in trouble. My dog is off. It was <laughs> well, they let me bring my dog yeah. to jail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was pretty, you know, just this total newbie. And I'm like, what's going to happen? And then store just laughed. Yeah. Um, my Kodiak, my most recent retired dog, he tried to steal, I think it was a candy bar from CVS. <laughs> and my friends who were with me thought it was so funny. They took a picture of him from the front and the side, and we put it on Facebook like it was his mugshot. <laughs> <laughs> Bad to the bone. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. It's funny, it's a candy bar, of all things. Yeah. You would have right. thought he would have led you down the what what small little dog food came oh in. all my dogs have found the dog food dog food aisles and yeah. whatever store we're in yeah cool they're funny animals they're great animals well where are we with the the airline stuff going on now what what what's that space like right now uh, well as far as service animal issues go it's kind of in a a standstill for lack of a better term because they had the notice of proposed rulemaking mm -hmm. back in did it come out in the end of That's 2019? I was still um, well, I mean, the, the, uh, the comment the period. Yeah. Was, yeah. yeah. So I think it's comments were open either in the end of 2019 or the very beginning of 2020. But anyway, they were due by early, early April. Um, so, of course, we turned ours in. And thank you, thank you, thank you to all of our members who submitted comments. I know a lot of people did, which is helpful to get our voice out there and be louder. Um, and now, since April, we've heard nothing. And first of all, that doesn't surprise me because, you know, oh, it's yeah, it's the government, news. but even more so than COVID happened. Yeah, nobody's really flying a lot. Anyways. Exactly. So, yeah, as far as what that the outcome of that um, notice of proposed rulemaking, only time will tell. I've asked Blaine Workey, who we love from Department of Transportation. Mm -hmm. I've been in several meetings with her since and a few times I wanted to go Psst, Blaine, <laughs> what's going on? She is a good federal employee. Yeah. She does not give. Yeah, exactly. So we will see because for those of you who don't remember, we might have even talked about this on a former podcast episode. Um, one of the big questions that was asked in those comments was, should emotional support animals even be permitted on planes anymore? Um, and so depending on what they decide, the landscape could look really different. So um, it'll be interesting to see what they decide. I know the last time, it seems like a years ago since I flew last. Yeah, me but, too. Yeah, but it was, I mean, I guess late fall, winter sometime. But yeah. it was, you know, the, still one of the main issues I had was the, the you know, 
again, people that either the emotional support that aren't trained or people are trying to create a, a you know, smoke and mirrors that they, they have this dog they need, you know, that are illicit, you know, that is that the right word to describe? I don't know how to best describe, but you know, the, the whole issue with the fraudulent exactly emotional yeah. support. Which and, is so tough because I know there are people out there who have some legitimate no, needs and then like always my, my you have niece the people has who emotional abuse support it. Animals. She's autistic and has yeah. bipolar and and it, it just calms her. Yeah. It, it makes total sense. And then you have all these other people who go in just because they don't want to pay the pet fee. I'm like, really, guys? Yeah. Really? <laughs> so they feel privileged. They want to have the dog. Well, because pets still have to be kept in the cage. Yes. They want their yeah. dog in their On lap. Their lap. Yeah. They're so they're they're so special. I feel bad for some of the animals too, like a cat. Cats can be pretty anxious. I'd feel bad for them, you know, you holding them in your lap. The cat's probably thinking, what are you doing? <laughs> your legs are all sliced up. Yeah. Well, that's for me. The, the you know, because they would say, well, takeoff is very stressful. So I need the animal to help calm me on the flight. So I have a, my dog always on a plane, all three of my dogs, the most stressed they ever were was takeoff and landing. Exactly. Yeah. Because they're, it's like their butts over their head and they're like, what's going, what's going on? on? Everything is vibrating and loud and shaky. And, you know, it is a moment of, that's when the dogs need us. The dogs need emotional support humans at yeah, that point. Yeah, not the other way I'm around. I'm calming my dog exactly. down. And so, yeah, so. Yeah. But I do understand. I mean, I know there's, there are valid needs for emotional support. Yeah. And I get it. But it's just, it's a shame. Like with, with handicap, you know, the accessibility, accessibility parking spaces. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yep. you know, I've talked with Kelly over at, at Nickel. Mm -hmm. You know, he's, he's talked about, you know, <clears throat> what, so many out of 10, the majority are, are people that don't really need them. But then, you know, I had a friend that ha had brain tumor growing up and he had one and someone, I was there once when someone was berating him for parking there. Yeah. And they had no idea that, that he would immediately over become overwhelmed with fatigue. Yeah. And could hardly they walk. Don't quote unquote look yeah. Cause like they, they cause he didn't, cause he didn't yeah. pop out of his car in a wheelchair. wheelchair yeah. So it's, you know, it's, it's a shame that people just in general take advantage of find situations to take advantage for their own means. Have you ever had a personal experience where when you've flown, there have been other animals around you? Oh yeah. Have I've you? had like a dog, you know, <laughs> you know, like the lady, they had to move the person and then they were getting mad at me, but I'm like, hey, my dog's just like. I was gonna say, as your dog is like totally is like, out or whatever. Yeah, he's just like chilling, yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. I flew once, maybe last year going home for the holidays, there were um, a couple people with a big dog. I don't know if they were retrievers or what they were sitting right on the other side who said they were some kind of like search and rescue dogs or something. I'd never seen that before. That was kind of cool. I was like, yeah. whoa, totally different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, different working dogs. Yeah, the, do the planes are going to the dogs, let me tell you. I would always imagine, because the first time I went to New the CNI flew to Newark. They flew me into Newark, and because uh, I was living in Atlanta at the time, I was at the University of Georgia in college, and they flew me up there, and we went through the airport. And then they had said that some of the dogs that didn't graduate from the CNI would go on to be like security dogs, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I, I often dreamed about like you know, there I was leaving with Quint. We were getting on the plane, but but he kind of passed a passed an eye over to the security check in. And, <laughs> There was Louie, his old classmate, hanging out, doing good. Louie looked well. He, he, you know, a couple months since he left, but looked like he got a good job and he yeah, was, you know, dressed you, well. He was well fed, and he was having a good time. You know, and they kind of gave that eye, that just nod. They yeah. just gave a little dog nod, like, "Hey, Louie. Hey, Quint. 
Good to and see then, you, bud. <laughs> and then we got on the plane and flew away. And, you know, Louie Louis did his thing. So I like it. Yeah. I'm going to write a book about that. Maybe a little like, what was that, Marley and me? But it'll be Louie. Yeah. Well, I'm convinced. Um, you know how when you fly, sometimes you open your suitcase and you get that slip that says something like, you've been randomly selected by security to check your luggage. No, I've never. Oh, you've never got. Oh. I probably have had it, but I didn't <laughs> you know. Just, you're like, what's this? <laughs> uh, I get it all the time, and it's supposed <laughs> to be randomly selected. So I am thoroughly convinced that the security dogs sniff my suitcase and are like, oh, "Woo!" Yes. And it's because it Party smells time. like kibble and everything, dog, everything yeah, else. So and, and, and how convenient that you fly once a month to Colombia or a South American country. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell my secret. Yes. Oh. Uh, no, it is, it is, uh, there's all those anxiety sometimes you get around, because I get off the train at the Pentagon. You do too, I think, sometimes. Sometimes, if yeah. you take the 7M bus, there's a bus from the Pentagon. And when you come off at the Pentagon, for folks that have never been to D.C., the train comes up at the Pentagon. Like, like right you were like yeah. in front of the Pentagon. I know, I'm always like, are there men with guns standing oh, around? Yes. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm yes. glad I can't see. Guns and a lot of dogs. Yes. A lot of dogs. Thinks sometimes the dogs are friend. they're friendly. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes they're friendly. And sometimes they, uh, you know, they're not Louie. They're not, you know. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So they, uh, you know, maybe they were teased in the, in the kennel when they were young pups. <laughs> I don't know why, but they're not the friendliest. No. And so, yeah. So that's always awkward because it is like you come out of the Pentagon, you're like there, like right in front with all the security. Yeah. Literally, when I've come up the escalator, if you, especially during this COVID era, because well, you got to come up another way now. Too. Yep, yeah, exactly. Bring you up right at the entrance. And I'll come up right there, and there are these dogs barking. And of course, my my guide dog, famous pick of the litter, Tulane, um, just thinks they're my friends, and she's wagging her tail, and I'm like, they're not. Your yeah, why are you asking me about my dog? Your dog's the famous dog. <laughs> That's true. My dog is the star. Yeah. So yeah, she's a great dog. Tulane is awesome. It's been fun. I, I mean, I, I folks know I've gone left for a year, and it's so exciting to come back. And Tulane was there. So. Yes. 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 Splendid. Well, it's been really fun to talk about service animals. I love that we have an entire month committed to to guide dogs because How do we get that. Uh, I, mean, <laughs> I I mean we have a month for everything now, but I'm biased. I know, but the dogs get a whole month. We just get International White Cane Day. That's like one day one in October. One single day, and the dogs get the October sixteenth. By the way, everybody. Yep. But yep. yeah, it's uh you know the dog gets a whole month. I mean, they deserve it. No, do we know statistically what the makeup of ACB is with dogs? Is it like a third of our members have dogs, a, bit, a half of our members, a tenth. I do not know, but I know GDUI, uh, you know, the, the Sarah or Penny or folks at GDUI might know. Okay. Um, but it, when you go to a convention, it is a sizable, it's it a is a lot, lot of dogs. dogs. Yeah. I feel like there's well over 100, 150 oh, dogs. Oh, easily. If so not I would more. say, yeah. I would say, sizably speaking, you know, um, 10, 15 percent. Yeah. Um, just an like anecdotal guess from a convention, but yeah. that's. You know, I think I think part of it we need to realize though too is a, a lot of people that have dogs are just very independent and get out more. Yes. So we have to remember true. we're not skewing ourselves. That's true. Uh, that probably overwhelmingly large number of people don't have dogs by incidence. But you know, those that are independent and out in the community or working, you know, the guide dogs are a huge support and the tool. So for all those with guide dogs, we salute you. Yes. And all the guide dog school trainers. Yes. You know, it is oh, it yes. is a that that is one of those dream jobs, you know. Yes. That that's a great. Those are those are hardworking people. Don't make a lot of money, but you can tell they love their job. Yeah. Shout out to all the trainers yeah. um, that I've worked with. You guys are amazing and have made some great dogs. 
When you said I salute you, I just pictured a Labrador putting its paw to its face. I salute yes. you. <laughs> the regal sort of like the Westminster dog show pose or something. <laughs> I love, what was it, Guidey and I, this is where I get jealous. Guidey and I had a dog in the puppy bowl for a few oh, years. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, oh. they've, they've had a puppy in the puppy. I don't know if they had one this past year, but in past years they've had a one of the guide dog puppies, or, um, you know, uh, Guidey and I's. Uh, in Puppy Bowl, which is great publicity. You know, yeah, so that's great, great, great Just like You're Too Lame was great publicity. Yes. I tell people all the time to go to that. If, if folks have Disney Plus, check it out with, with Miss Claire here, who's famous. Uh, she loves to be put in that seat. You know. Um, but but it is, it is a, a wonderful portrayal that shows, because one thing we always try to get across in the negotiations around service animals was how much work goes into a service animal training. Mm -hmm compared to an emotional support animal that really doesn't need to have any training. Exactly. But, yeah. but there is a, a large distance between the two when you look at how much energy and effort goes into socializing dogs so that they can not get stressed on a plane and freak out, not be stressed around other dogs and bark, you know, the, the whole process. And that documentary, Pick of the Litter, that you were on on Disney Plus uh, was an excellent documentary that I, I refer people to a, a lot to just say, hey, this is if you want to know how much work it goes into this and not just training work by the trainers, but the us, yeah, the handlers on all sides on. Yeah. Graduate. Yeah. It's a lot. Of, it's a commitment. Yeah. It's a lot of time and energy. So, yeah, I think it really helps to, to make the process real and understandable. And cause I think sometimes too, people think that these dogs just are born with little halos and poof, mm -hmm. they're a guide dog. Yeah, and nope, it's like, yeah. nope. I love my girl, but you know, she wasn't born with a halo. Mm. So. You're going to chew a bed and you're going to lead someone to the White House. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah. Oh, Joey. Rest in peace wherever you are. <laughs> oh, well, if anybody ever has any questions about guide dogs, um, we definitely would reference people to GDUI, our guide dog affiliate. Um, they do great work. Um, Sarah Calhoun is our current president, I believe. We're members. Yeah. 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 Um, members. yeah so, um, so definitely reach out to GDUI. They can answer any or all of your questions. They have a great newsletter um, and can tell you all about the rights of uh, a guide dog user. Mm -hmm. So definitely a great resource. Right on. And uh, I, I am so excited that for two years, when we stumbled at the end of a podcast, it was like, so what do we say at the end? How do we end this? What do we say? We say keep, keep advocating. advocating. So nice. I feel like we need to do it with a bark. Roar, keep advocating. <laughs> like Zoink Scoob. Keep advocating. Wow, you really uh, can do your job. That's what happens when you have two kids. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Welcome to the American Council of the Blind's advocacy update for the week of September 24th, 2018. Hi, everybody. This is Tony Stevens. And this is Claire Stanley. And I'm the Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs for the American Council of the Blind. And I'm the Advocacy and Outreach Specialist at ACB as well. And this is the first of a series, that's right, a series of podcasts that Hopefully will be- Hopefully a long-lasting series. A long-lasting series that will be podcast updates from the American Council of the Blind. 
here from our wonderful offices in the suites high above Alexandria, <laughs> towering over, actually it's not a tower, we're in a four-story brick building in South Alexandria. High here on the fourth floor. High here on the fourth floor of the other association that I never can remember the name of the building. Yeah, neither can I. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're in South Alexandria just across the Potomac River from Washington, D.C., our nation's capital. I'm and sure if we could see, you could probably see some of D.C. <laughs> maybe. You'll you'll see the whatever hotel that is down the street. Oh, probably. I think yeah. that's towering. But yeah, so here we are. And this is, you know, we've been trying to think of ways to, to get people more up to date on what's taking place in Washington. I know there's been some, some people wanting to hear more. And we're trying to think of some, some good ways to improve communication. And we thought, hey, what better way than a podcast? Because... Everybody has a podcast. These All the days. cool kids these days All are doing the cool it. Kids, and that that leads us to the next question: What do we call the podcast? Um, yeah, we want you guys' input. Yeah, we need some help. This is an unnamed podcast. Well, I guess we have to have a name. Yeah, you, you're not a podcast off, we can without change a name. The name. Yeah. Um, what are those flash games you play, like in social networking groups? Like, okay, podcast name. Think of it. Go now, Stanley. Yeah. Um. Um. Uh. The Hill, the, I don't know. Uh, we'll get sued for that one. Uh, the Washington, uh, <laughs> The Washington, rrr. Rrr. how do we spell it? Um, inside the Beltway. Use, inside um, the Beltway. I don't want to use like blindness as like a pun or something. Oh, but There's I enough, love punny things. Yeah. Um, what's, what's piffy about the Hill in Washington? And what's piffy about the Hill in Washington and vision loss? Um, the capital. An ear on Washington? An ear on Washington. <laughs> Instead of an eye on Washington? I like How it. How does that sound? Yeah, I ear like on, it. Ear, ear on, on DC. Ear, ear on, on Washington. What's a, an acronym with DC? You can do the D ear something. Ear on DC. The something uh, EDC. capital. EDC. Yeah. <laughs> um, I uh, we could spend the whole podcast just trying. So to So basically, of the you hear how we can't think of anything, so we need suggestions. We do so need suggestions. I think when we set this up, there's going to be a ability to send in emails or chat messages or however the technology works. So send us ideas. <laughs> you can you can email your suggestion to advocacy at acb.org. Uh, if you if you have a name for the podcast, again advocacy at acb.org. And let us know. Let us know. Uh, and we will, we have no prizes to give out, um, but we will give you great recognition if you come up with a creative name. Otherwise, we'll just put our heads together, and when there's episode number two, that will have a name, and we will get it set up. Lord willing, we will think of something. <laughs> we will think of something. So what's taking place in Washington, D.C.? We are in the throes of September. We are very close to the end of a fiscal year for the federal government. Yep. The government, for folks that don't know, uh, operates on an October 1st to September 30th calendar. So all those taxpayer dollars are put in, in little bags with dollar signs. Oh, I hope that's And they're that's stored. True. And then come October 1st, they, they start passing the bags around and, and federal government gets its money. Uh, that is if Congress passes a budget. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, we are at that point where we do not have a, a full budget uh, for appropriations and, and spending for the 2019 fiscal year that will begin October 1st. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we very well can move into what's called a continuing resolution. Or a CR for those A CR know. for those keeping record. Mm -hmm. uh, and the CR is, is kind of Washington speak. Usually they will pass short-term budget spending 
which the continuing resolution means we're spending what we what we have been spending before. It's mm-hmm. level spending, not an increase, not a decrease. And and they do that till they get a budget passed. And we've been doing that for many many years now. In recent history, I think we've had more CRs. Uh, than, than concrete budgets. Don't quote me on that, but it just feels like that. And I'm sure for a lot of you guys out there, you know that come this November, we're having elections and could change things up a lot. So I know I've heard a lot of talk about, well, we just pass a CR until November and then everything could change. So It could. And that, that usually goes into a lame, what they call the lame duck session. But you know, recently the lame ducks have actually been very active. And we'll talk a little bit about that later when we're talking about some the of the lame ducks aren't so lame on. they're not as lame they're <laughs> i wouldn't say they're the mighty ducks because i love that movie and <laughs> i don't want to steal away from hockey uh, junior hockey fans and we might have some copyright uh, issues going on there issues, which too. we can talk about in a minute on something person, else <laughs> the last person i want us writing a cease and assist letter is the the disney disney company <laughs> yeah. of Anaheim? I don't know where they're located at, I guess. Uh, California. Disney, California. Disney, yeah. Uh, but we do, you know, have some issues that are that are on the radar for the next week and a half until we get to the end of the month as well. At, well less than a week and a half, yeah. actually. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then we also you know, have some things that will go into the, the post-November election uh, lame duck... Howard the Duck, whatever that session could be called, um, <laughs> moving into after the election. So uh, we have on the plate to talk about, and these have been some email announcements and action alerts we've sent out, is the Marrakesh Treaty, uh, which is an important treaty that, that passed with unanimous consent from the Senate back mm-hmm. in June, Yep. Uh, but has not yet passed through the House. And there's a, there's a minor copyright fix that needs to get done to what's called the Chafee Amendment, the thing that we We've come to know has given us the National Library Service and how we get books on tape and, and accessible media in the U.S. Uh, there's a minor thing uh, that needs to get fixed in that copyright law, and Good that old has to work through law. that has to work through the Judiciary Committee in the House of Representatives mm-hmm. and be brought up for a floor vote. Uh, but it's already passed the Senate, which means technically the treaty has been ratified. Uh, but just for us to, to legally uh, bide to it here in the U.S., we need to do this fix. Exactly. I wanted to jump in and say it's actually the technical long name is the Marrakesh Treaty Implementation Act. Because as a, an aside, if you guys aren't aware of it, the Marrakesh Treaty was actually passed back in 2013. And it opens the, the uh, doors, if you will, to trade... Um, any type of literature out there, written materials, so that we can share materials in an accessible format for those of us with any type of reading disability, including those who are blind. And so the treaty was actually passed five years ago, but, you know, legislation moves slowly, laws move slowly. And so now here in 2018, we're trying to get this through the House, uh, this House now. It's already gone through the Senate, and now we're in the House. So it's important. It's been five years, and we're trying to push it through. And, and again, it was a unanimous consent. Every member of the Senate that was there to vote, 98 or 9, you know, it was almost the full Senate. Senator yeah. McCain, I think, was out, and uh, I think one other senator. But, you know, it, there was no debate. Claire and I were in the Foreign Relations yeah. Committee when they voted on the treaty out of the committee. And, and there was great praise from both Republicans and Democrats. So our hope is great. that yeah. folks can call the House of Representatives and, and urge them to go ahead and move this this treaty that has had no opposition at all amongst Republicans or Democrats uh, out out onto the floor of the House for a vote. And so, you know, there's a couple of ways that can get done. Uh, 
and, and our hope is that you know a member of the Judiciary Committee can call for a vote. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, you know, so if it's, if it's the, the, the chairman of the committee or, or members, they can go ahead and call that for a vote. So if your member is on that committee and you're a member of Congress and the House of Representatives, they have a unique position. Uh, but two, if, if we can just show the, the Speaker of the House is, you know, that it's, there's unanimous consent in the House as well. You know, they can bring it up for a vote as well up on the House. So Yeah, so we encourage everybody to do your part and go and check it out. If you go to house.gov, um, you can find out who your rep is and if, you know, how to contact them. You can also just call the general switchboard at 202-224-3121, I believe it is. And yeah, please get involved. If you just Google who the members of the Judiciary Committee, you can find those who are actually working on it, who could, you know, have a, um, a play in it. But everybody get involved. It's super important. And that number again is 202-224-3121. And, and usually the switchboard operators or even the automated system is pretty easy to use to find your House of Representative member mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and call and just let them know that you are a, a person who's blind or a person that supports you know people who are blind in the community and really want to have the book famine ended around the world for mm -hmm. accessible media. Uh, the Marrakesh Treaty is, you know, really wrestles with, I think it's like less than 5% of the yeah, literature the around the world yeah. is accessible in an accessible format for people who are blind. And, you know, if you're traveling abroad in Paris, let's say, and you want to bring along your copy of Harry Potter uh, in Braille, um, you know, you would be bootlegging in a sense. So, <laughs> uh, you know, we, we have to respect international copyright laws. And the nice thing about the treaties of the countries that are have already passed uh, with this uh, is that you know these are we've had needed 20 countries to have it implemented uh, I think we will be the 40th I think uh, so, just around there I think I saw that 41 has uh, ratified it so far so okay, we'll be so, in the, okay, so the early did, 40s pretty close right. yeah in, in June we would have been the 40th so yeah. see there's already since June other folks signing on so, so come on US catch up <laughs> yeah come on guys yeah so that's Marrakesh so hooray for Marrakesh woohoo uh, what's the song Crosby, Stills, and Nash, the Marrakesh Express? Uh, I know that's on your playlist, Claire. Oh, yeah, you know it. <laughs> these old, all these. Things. It might come up in our podcast, the, uh, the difference between our ages. But, See, we can you know. do the, we can do the, uh, I think I could play that song if we did a critique on it. Don't we get copyright? Oh, do we? we? A critique on it? I don't know. Oh. We'll see. We'll I have to look up IP I'll, law. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll have to look up IP law and make sure I can. Maybe add add that song in if we pass it, and then we can do a complete critique on the song. There and, we go. And and see, it'll be new on you. It'll be educational. For yeah, you. there we go. I like You're it. You're not schooled in the ways of Crosby, Stills, and Nope, Ash. I'm not. So there you go. Marrakesh. Bring it up for a vote. That's what we want in the House. Super important. What else is going on on the Hill, Claire, in Washington? Um, we've got a lot of stuff going on with the, I always get this wrong, the FAA, the Federal Aviation Administration. Thank you. I always miss the avi aviation in yeah. the, as one of the A's. Thank you. The thing that, that lets our airports still have you know flight controllers and air traffic controllers and, and the things for the airport uh, that that gets reauthorized you know for spending measures mm -hmm. and and so there's there's a couple of things in that that are not necessarily tied to traffic controllers. 
um, and airports, but airlines, yes. What's what's some of the airline stuff that's been a hot topic? Some of the hot topics, as I'm sure nobody will be surprised, is we've got a lot of service animal talk stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Um, the big iconic story I think most Americans heard this past year that really fueled the discussion was the story about the peacocks, or the peacock, I should say, one peacock. Um, a, a passenger decided to bring their emotional support. I'm doing quotes, although I don't know, it could have truly been an emotional support peacock on the plane but that really um, spurred on the topic about what an emotional support animal is versus a service animal and on under the air carriers actus act also a third category of psychiatric support animals and so now we've had lots and lots and lots and lots of discussions of what falls under the air carriers access act um, what needs to be amended or shouldn't be amended so it's been quite the hot topic here in dc as far as you know what's gonna stay the same and what's not gonna stay the same we actually had a um this past summer there was an advance notice of proposed rulemaking i can never say that term in one breath um over um what rules should look like as far as those three categories of animals on planes so um like tony says now a lot of that stuff is coming up um under the faa um new uh Resolution. What's the term that I'm blanking on? The um. There's an there's a potential amendment. Thank you. Well, thank we're, you. Thank we're you. looking for an amendment uh, to come, and this is yeah. not in stone yet. No. But it, in so in the House version of the bill that has already passed, there was sort of a passenger bill of rights mm-hmm. uh, that that actually will will extend some some solid oversight and protections for for passengers with disabilities. You know, seating accommodations. A lot of concerns from the folks in the mobility impairment yes physical disabilities yeah uh, are friends in that community Uh, but there's also some things around service animals because congress had called on dot to move forward on the department of transportation yeah the department of transportation to move forward on the service animal rule and so we went into negotiations with the airlines a couple years ago Mm -hmm. those flatlined and we weren't able to come to a consensus with the airlines and since then, the airlines have been sort of going it on their own. Delta was the first this year to sort of launch a new policy change. I'm sure you all heard and, back in the early in the and year. That was a, that was sort Delta, of following the United. peacock on United. Yeah. yeah, there's been a lot of these. Southwest, I think, was the most recent one, and they haven't really been negatively impacting service animals. We we had to push back because at first they were going to negatively impact guide dog users and make it real challenging. A lot of hoops to jump through. They just make it. It's hard enough to travel when you're an independent traveler as it is with your dog. Uh, and, and, you know, but we were fortunate to engage with the airlines and then work so that service animal users are not Thanks for listening to the ACB Advocacy Update. You can reach us by emailing advocacy at acb.org. The ACB Advocacy Update is a production of the American Council of the Blind in Alexandria, Virginia. To learn more about ACB, visit us online at www.acb.org.